Whatever Wednesday. Thanks for joining me. It's just me, lonesome me. Uh, no Nick, no Andre, just me. Stay tuned. Right, so whatever Wednesday, um, man, I've had a crazy Wednesday, dude. This has been mad. Uh, it's just been like a, like a monastic day for me, uh, coming straight out of that Christ and culture stuff. <laughs> I, I have felt a little bit of the monastic life. Uh, I've just spent the whole day reading Augustine in my room. Oh, wow! Uh, it's it's a trippy experience. You start like turning into a different person. I mean, just the whole. The language is so weird. Everything's so old school. It's profound, though. Even though you don't understand half of what's going on in the book, I'm, I'm reading City of God. Um, you know, it's like it's like one, two, skip a few. You know, you get what he's saying, and then you like have no idea what he's saying, and then straight afterwards you totally get what he's saying, and then you like are impacted by what he's saying in ways you can't even describe, and then you go back to being in a complete stupor straight afterwards, and you cycle through this whole thing. You know, uh, hour after hour, wow, it has an effect on the psyche. Um, but overall, uh, it's definitely worth it. I would highly recommend uh, City of God. Like I said, I, I might have mentioned this in a prior episode, but I've embarked on the great journey, finally getting to read that book. Uh, I've been wanting to do that forever, but um, I'm on book 10. So book 10 within, you know, City of God, it's, I think it's like 20 odd books. So it's a monster, but I'm halfway. And now I've just hit that part where, you know, he clicks into it. Now that, I, now that he has successfully refuted everything there is to be refuted, he goes on to his actual subject, which is to do with the city of God. So I'm excited. It's been hard work getting to that point. But I thought uh, for what, whatever Wednesday, it might follow on well to just say a few words about, about uh, this book. Even thus far, I haven't finished it yet. I certainly will comment on it again uh, once I've got through the end. But uh, at this halfway mark, I feel like it's it's just something worth you know mentioning. I've one of the things that that hit me. It's really well, a few things hit me. But here's the first thing: um, it is so crazy reading that book because you're so you get a sense every now and again like wow he is so close to the action you know the action being all the stuff of the new testament um he's not like uh the stuff you know we've been reading um in father friday something some things that are a little bit closer but this is a well this is like historians go to this book to, to reconstruct much of what we currently know about the ancient world and about, um, you know, um, the, the fall of Rome and um, just all sorts of things. And it's, it's just an amazing uh, book in that regard because he does just cover everything. He covers so much ground. Uh, he, talk, he, he mentions so many things, by the way. And um, you could see how historians <clears throat> would have a field day with this thing because it's, it's come to us largely intact. Um, so at that level, it's just um, an amazing, amazing book. It, it, but every now and again, he'll make a comment where it's, you know, you, you realize, wow, he's just like, what, 400, 500, uh, well, 400 years away from from Christ and, and uh, you know, less than that away from, from the apostles themselves. And what a fresh sense of, you know, just, <clears throat> just imagine, you know, Kelvin 
uh, we've well, we got 400 years from the Canons of Dort coming up, and um, and and so that's how he felt about you know, as far as we are away from that Reformation kind of thing, is what he felt about being, you know, away from the time of Jesus, which is obviously still quite a significant amount of time, but it's it's fresh, it's it's closer. And um, as um, Charles Matthews points out, he his, you know, we think of Augustine in terms of ancient world. He thought of like everything prior to Christ is ancient world, and his world is much older in many senses because he's closer to it. So that's one thing that comes to mind reading through the book. You just, it's, it, it just, um, if, especially I think if you just go for it for a whole day, it, it engulfs you in this world that, you know, it just feels so foreign, but it, 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 it brings you to that period where um, you're just so much closer to the action again. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is that uh, Augustine, I have just for some other reason often thought of, uh, whether it be via your standard critique of, um, what led into the Roman Catholic Church or whatever else. Um, often it's said that, you know, Augustine, his big error was moving towards Gnostic thinking. Oh, not Gnostic, sorry, Platonic thinking. He was a big Platonist. Uh, he, he really did, uh, and, and it comes through in the book, he did appreciate what Plato said. Um, and Platonic thought uh, certainly sounds the way he describes it to be far superior to anything else that he was dealing with. So, um, you know, there, there is uh, often a critique leveled against him that, that, that he's moved us into thinking of, of, um, you know, Christianity more in terms of Greek thought than, than Hebrew, um, earthy thought. And that, that, that is something that needs to be rectified according to many, but you know, that thing just got shot down in a, in a, in a whole, I mean, reading through this book, you realize that, that just can't stand. I mean, he yes, he knows Plato very, very well. It's totally impressive. I mean, he has mastered all of the Greek philosophers. <clears throat> if that's even possible, he's done it. You know, it's just like the, the guy speaks the lingo. You can tell he's just read everything. Uh, totally amazing. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, but, but at the same time, it's not to endorse the, the Greek thought it's it's ready to to use it against itself it's such a profound rebuttal of you know just being in um, thinking as we have for the last couple of um, well I suppose the last few months of Fridays philosophy Friday and um, and even prior to that where we delved a little bit into the Stoics you know it's just um you get a sense for for what's out there and uh, the reality is Augustine he, he um, he not only understands everything that was written and interacts with it, but he, if you ever were ever, and just remember this, if you are ever looking for a total, robust, comprehensive dismantling of, of uh, Platonic or Gnostic, for that matter, or any other uh, Greek thought, uh, contrary uh, and, and I'm thinking here in philo philosophical terms, so any philosophy contrary to the faith, um, man alive, Augustine really just does give you everything you need right there. So the first 10 books are essentially all about that. Um, so if that in any way interests you, I would highly recommend just hop to it and don't leave that alone. I mean, that's, that's a great, it's just, uh, you'll be enthralled. Um, it, he just dismantles them, or in his own terms, at least as as uh, translated uh, from the Latin, 
uh, he explodes their understanding. Indeed, he does. Um, so there's that. And then the other thing um, that I thought to mention is that, you know, just especially coming out of um, some of the stuff we've been reading on Fridays with um, the early superstitious views that eventually would end up in um, Roman Catholicism and uh, all that would come from that. And I'm thinking here of some um, episodes I've recorded ahead of time with Nick as well. But anyways, bottom line is, you know, um, you, you see a lot of the stuff that ended up cr- creeping its way into Christianity. And even today with paganism and religion and spirituality, I mean, you got a lot of stuff there, there that, that's just totally, it's really superstitious. It's, um, you know, it's silly at some level. It it involves b- blind leaps into complete darkness rather than anything that, that even resembles biblical faith. Um, you know, it's certainly you've got a lot of that stuff encroaching on Orthodox Christianity. I'm thinking of the charismatic movement and things people are being asked to believe. Um, you know, for, these aren't things I've ever heard people recommend Augustine for. But he, he really should be. He should be a go-to for this sort of thing. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine that you would come out after the first 10 books of City of God, you know, in holding on to anything that wasn't soundly biblical. I mean, he is he's taking on the Greeks and uh, their stupid ideas with regard to... Um, or oh, the Romans at least as well, so uh, directly uh, with their with their ideas regarding worship of gods and and all these superstitious beliefs, and, and it's just amazing to me how it anticipates so much of what would eventuate uh, out of that uh, Roman Catholic tradition. I mean, it's almost like he's refuting everything that would come from Rome ahead of time before it actually emerges. It's really amazing. I mean, in fact, if you just read the book with Roman Catholic superstition in mind i mean it's just it's hard to believe that they that they would even have consulted augustine any level you know and it's very very easy to believe on the other hand that um you know when when luther and kelvin and those guys end up um, going back to the sources and going back to the fathers augustine would have been their guy i mean he he just um you know you could tell i mean you've got something really orthodox you got something amazingly sound they would have just uh, latched onto his thinking. And what, another thing that's already just started to blow my mind here is that so much of what later becomes uh, very, very famous, like Descartes, uh, I think, therefore I am. Oh, man, it's already in Augustine. And I'm not just saying that like some cryptic reference. He literally spends a whole paragraph arguing for that very thing. And uh, scholars have pointed that out, and I've heard them do that, but I didn't realize it was so explicit. It's like Descartes was just ripping Augustine off. Um, Plagiarism. (laughs) It's crazy. So, you know, you really do have profound ideas right in the beginning. Everyone, I've heard some people say that the rest of history is just a footnote to uh, Augustine uh, in terms of anything uh, theological and ecclesiological. Uh, well, you know, after reading even thus far, I think, uh, you know, there's some real credence to that. Um, so, you know, certainly it helps in taking on Greek thinking and Platonic thinking. Secondly, again, just in terms of a perhaps a bit more of a contemporary reason to read the, the book, uh, it takes on anything superstitious, anything falsely religious, anything of any kind of um, pagan quality. Uh, it, it forms a helpful rebuttal to those things. So... Go and check that out if you are interested. 
Um, the other thing that comes to mind that was kind of surprising, and I've been wanting to say something about it uh, for a while now, but Augustine's development of the doctrine of hell um, is, is so, so interesting. Um, not only because he reflects on things in such a different way. I mean, his doctrine of creation as well. I've just got onto it. Um, I've heard a lot about it. And I know this is really where the Kleinian framework tradition comes from. So I'm interested in that regard. Um, in that you you have right from the time of Augustine, just a, a almost a mockery at the idea that one would take these things uh, overly literally. And he uses the same arguments, you know, day four, you got the sun, but there's light before the sun. And, you know, it's just really interesting to see that stuff from such an early time, very, very lucidly presented. Augustine is the man, uh, you know, in terms of church fathers, it's just incredible. Um, but his doctrine of hell as well, you know, he approaches it from this deeply, deeply philosophical level that makes incredible sense um, and, and so fresh, you know, it's just such a fresh approach uh, in terms of so much of what you hear now, in that now typically when you think of annihilationism, uh, one thinks of a doctrine that tries to compromise um, hell, um, you know, that we don't want the doctrine of hell and therefore to like soften that idea, we would go for an annihilationist concept. I don't buy that, by the way, just to make that clear. But this is, you know, John Stott, whatever, it's um, it's around. Um, Augustine goes in exactly the opposite direction. He says that annihilation is the worst possible thing. And so even though it is terrible that uh, a soul and a, at least a resurrected body would be uh, eternally tormented um, as he must stand in the presence of God with with no mediator for all eternity, um, you know, just the very presence of God being a consuming fire without a mediator. Um, uh, here he is, you know, just developing this idea that basically the, there's one thing that's worse than that, and that's annihilation. <laughs> Interesting. You know, just so basically you know, and he argues, and I couldn't help but think maybe is where a little bit of purgatory comes from, but, but that, that, um, you know, that God, even in this worst case scenario is to be thought of as still acting in a way that provides some, not the worst possible result for, for humanity. Um, even though it's terrible, it's not the worst thing that can be. And I just, I've t I, to be honest with you, I've never even thought in those categories before. So that kind of thing, whether you run with it or not, is just totally interesting. I love that sort of thing because it gets you thinking out of the box. You know, obviously, um, uh, this is a great thinker, so you, you need to uh, be ready to give him your attention. So it's not like just listening to any old uh, guy talk about any old thing. This is someone that really will command your attention and move you through the whole process of thinking through it, but just sometimes flips your whole paradigm on its head. Another one would be the whole, um, the creation thing. You know, we're all like, oh, is it six days or is it, you know, does a day stand for like these this massive period of time? And we're thinking in evolution terms and, and Augustine, you know, he, he's going, listen, it's not six days. It's like instantaneous. It's one moment. Uh, God just elongated the whole process, literary 
you know, in terms of its literary uh, expansion to six days, but really it was one moment. <laughs> so again, just com- completely approaching the whole thing from a different, uh, uh, a, a different angle. And so <clears throat> again, that's always, that's always helpful to read anything historical and anything important because of that reason. It just gets you out of your bubble. But uh, with Augustine, not only does he do that, but he actually gives you some really, really uh, powerful arguments to get you thinking about it literally the whole day, uh, week, year, whatever. Um, and I find that that's not always the case. You know, you read through these old, um, you know, very famous um, texts and often they let you down. They're just like, okay, well, they obviously had their heyday, but they, uh, you know, at the end of the day, weren't that amazing. You know, it's a, you don't find them so persuasive today. Augustine's not like that, or the City of God is not like that. Uh, obviously, he wrote a lot more than that, which is unbelievable on its own right. But, um, you know, there it is. So go read the City of God if you want to. I mean, obviously, that's a big undertaking. I would, I would respect the, uh, the, the pushback there. It's, it's, it's a decent commitment. Um, but I, for me, it's like, you got to read Augustine, you got to read Kelvin's Institutes, you've got to read, I don't know, you got to read these big ones, right? How can you get through Christianity without reading these massive documents? Um, and so I realize that not everyone has to do that, but if you're into theology and if you're moving along a ministry track or anything like that, I would highly recommend it. The sooner, the better. Um, you can always go back and read it again later, but um, yeah, usually you can get hold of Augustine for free. You can uh, get it at a secondhand bookstore. I mean, just uh, it's ubiquitous in that sense. So go grab City of God and read it if you want to. Um, otherwise, bless you. Have a great day. Wednesday, we're halfway there, um, and we'll meet back here for Thursday.